Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. There's a specific reason that you're here. There's really a specific reason that you exist, not just to be some waste of space or a blip in time, but that God who exists outside of time would not only anticipate you and think about you and create you and form you, but would also give you a purpose. And that purpose has everything to do with why you're here right now. You see, there's purpose that is far greater than your career, any amount of success, any accolades from any family or any relationship. This purpose has everything to do with eternity. It's really found itself in your heart. This light that starts to glow and then grow in such a way that you would come to know the God of all grace who loves you and has claimed you as his own child. It starts to show itself in your face as your face begins to demonstrate not just a facade as you're covering up whatever type of brokenness exists in your own life and the darkness and the despair, any type of depression, no. Your face starts to exude a smile. Maybe even this steely confidence that the God who loves you and has claimed you as his own has shown you his grace so that you might belong to him now and forever. This light doesn't just show itself on your face. Uh, the way your face might brighten, it actually shows itself and starts to reflect through you into the lives of others as they come into contact with somebody who knows what forgiveness is and lives it out, someone who understands that the entire purpose of the Christian gospel is that you would know that God has grace and it is for you, it is free. There is no condition, it's for you. This purpose also is, as I mentioned earlier, greater than anything you could have or know in life. And that might be difficult because there are so many things vying for that number one position in our hearts and in our lives, but none of those things can compete with this, this light that has come into the world and this light that has made its way into your own heart and mind and life. This light of the gospel, that God loves you, in his son, Jesus Christ, he lived a perfect life, died to take away all of your sins, and rose from the dead so that you would have eternal life in him. That light is for all people, and that's for you. So this purpose that you have, first of all, is to know this light, to know that this is for you. That the God who orders all things from every sunset to every sunrise wants you to know that he has made this for you. This is not just some abstract light that we talk about in some corner of space, never really to be seen, much less studied or contemplated or even perceived by us. No, this is a light that was brought into the world and you, dear brother or sister in Christ, are in the world. And so this is for you. The lesson that you heard just before as Pastor Zell read it makes that very clear that the entire purpose of John the Baptist was not to be this true light, not to find his own purpose that would reciprocate to and for himself, but to point to this light that was coming into the world, this true light, which would be bring light to all 
people. This is for you. Which means that this light is true compared to everything else. It's the only thing that really is worth believing. So many times throughout the Gospel of John, countless times, more than any of the other Gospels, you'd hear about believing, believe, believe. To believe means to cling to, to receive from, and even assent to something that we could never create in ourselves. Also, this believing that we could never create, God even gives us. This, this true light is far more valuable and worthy of our belief, our holding, our clinging than, than anything else. Of course, this holding and clinging, again, not something we can do, but only that which God can accomplish in and through us. This gift of faith that receives from God the only gifts that he could give. And then even a, a sense to those gifts has an arrival at them and realizes them and grows in them throughout our lives. This is what this light of the gospel does. It creates this belief inside of us. Refocus and reorients our hearts to want it more and more. It is this true light that God gives. Which means that there is a lot that is not true around us. Like the grabbing of our attention towards all of these social issues. Don't mistake me. Social issues certainly are important, but if we fix all of those social issues, will that fix the greatest and most foundational problems of the human race and the world? No. So should fixing social issues be our number one focus? Should they create for us our number one goals? Should they be our number one purpose? No. What about health issues? What about political issues? What about global issues? Are those important? Well, of course they are. Do those claim our attention? Sure. But unless we understand what is truly flawed and wrong about every single one of those things, we will almost without fail and almost always try to fix those things with the hope that they will give to us a true light, so to speak, a, a greater purpose, greater gifts, greater meaning, an arrival at some type of blessing or euphoria, when in all actuality they can't and they won't and never will. This is all a bit abstract, what I've been describing to you. But allow me to put it this way. One of the greatest struggles that you and I have as we approach Christmas is looking for the things that we need. Assuming that each of us have this altruistic nature that we don't just need things for ourselves, but we also look to the needs of others. We, we want other people to have the things that they need too. Christmas creates that, almost greater, probably greater than any other time of year. But when you look to your own needs and to the needs of others, so easily we can look at everything that's wrong with the world and everything that's wrong with our own lives. And we not only misdiagnose the greatest problems. If only I fix this thing at my work. If only I fix this thing in my marriage, this thing in my life. If only I fix this thing that is the real issue in society and in culture and in our country and around the world, then that's going to make it better. And all the while we forget that there are greater players, greater levels of darkness that are lying to us, that these are the real issues. As they, our own sinful flesh, this broken world and deep dark powers of evil in the heavenly realms, as, as they seemingly hide beneath the shadows and get away with their dark work. Let us not forget 
that the problem is bigger than we often identify or diagnose. And when we misdiagnose the problem, we will always fail to identify the correct solution. That is why we need this true light. The Gospel writer John is talking about Jesus coming into the world with brightness that this world lost, greater than any sunrise or sunset, God was bringing the light of his forgiveness. Truth that he didn't ask the world to agree to. You see, truth doesn't require everyone to agree to it in order for it to be true. Fifty people can gather around and deny that the grass in the spring is green in western North Carolina. It doesn't mean that it's true. No, this light was true regardless of what people think, especially people who always misperceive things anyways. This light was also true in the sense that it would bring what God would claim to be true for us. You see, he wouldn't be true in j just in this sense that he would declare truths to us and over us at our expense. No, these truths that he would bring as the true light would give us forgiveness, pardon, and peace. So think about this. For everything that we see that is wrong and our own part in it, he would come to be a true light of forgiveness, not condemnation. For everything that we see in Jesus, excuse me, everything that we see in this world to be broken and dark, he came to be the true light, not just to discard of all of it, but to save us from it. For everything that we see to be so dark and broken in the, the attempts of the, the devil and our sinful flesh, Jesus would come to crush the serpent's head so that we would never belong to the demise of death and the dark powers of evil and the devil. Instead, by crushing the devil's head through his perfect life and his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus, having risen from the dead, proves that he is the only one that can give us the light of life, a life that never ends. This is what makes Jesus and our Christmas celebration, yes, this Christmas gospel, the true light. This is also what gives you that purpose that I was talking about before. First of all, that you would have this light being brought to all people, including you. That you would know that there's nothing greater in all the world than that you would be that person from your first breath to your dying day who would know that this Jesus, the true light, is for you. He's on your side, yes, but he's also given for you as a sacrifice to take away all that is dark and wrong and broke and to bring you to God. There is this great purpose that you have, to belong to the family of believers, to see yourself as a recipient of this true light, and to bask in the brightness of God's grace for you. But your purpose doesn't just end there. Because even there, you could just sit on the couch and really have no purpose at all. But that God would also bring you to this light of the gospel and then also enable you to be like John to share it. You heard what the people were, were asking John the Baptist, right? Are, are you Elijah? They had this idea that Elijah was taken up into heaven, and so was he going to come back as this prophet for the benefit of God's people? Was, was he some other type of prophet? Who, who is he? His message was clear. He was not the light in and of himself, but to point people to it with this simple message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Once again, time and again, John would not be the light in and of himself, but he would take people so that they would receive what you and I know, this true light that is for all people.
Think of it this way. Every single year, I see which of my four kids wants to get up. It's usually around Thanksgiving or Christmas time. We're going to get up early, early in the morning, long before the sunrise. We're going to bundle up, and we're going to get some hot cocoa and some coffee, for me especially, and we're going to find our way to some part of the Blue Ridge Parkway where there's an overlook facing east. We've got a favorite spot. It's out past graveyard fields. You may have been there. The panoramic view is just incredible. And from the tiniest little beam to the blazing sun on a clear morning, from the beginning to the late morning, you can see the sun rise, watch the world come alive as shadow after shadow is dispelled from that which is true light. The kids get to learn a couple neat lessons. First of all, how eerie it is for kids to be out and about where they don't hear any sounds, no cars, no horns, no people, and just to be quiet in the darkness as the sun begins to rise. Kids kind of learn some things, maybe even about themselves in that moment, about fears and how really dependent we are upon the sun and the light that only God can give. As we're driving back, I usually try to tell my kids about another thing. I say, you know, if you're at home and if you're inside, you don't get to see that. If you're behind closed doors or everything's hidden behind clouds, you don't get to see it. It doesn't make that sunrise any less beautiful or true. We don't determine its beauty just by our perception of it, but it does illustrate this point. We know where to go. We even know what, where we need people to be in order to see it. I, I could even take you there with me, and you could, you could stand there and you could see it. I, I know exactly where to go, and that's the entire point, that for seeing a beautiful sunrise like that, or maybe even for you, it's the, the view westward on some of those overlooks to see the sunset. You, you know exactly where you need to be in order to see that light, the sunrise or sunset, in all of its beauty, especially in a gorgeous part of the country in which we live in western North Carolina. But knowing where to be is not just something for yourself. It's for others. He came to be the true light for all people, to point people to it. Which means you, you know where you need to be. You need to be here, for example, to be in God's word as you're reminded of what this true light is for you and also for others. It, it means that daily you're, you're in God's word as it's a lamp for your feet and a light for your path, both as it makes inroads into your heart and mind, but also as it creates pathways of opportunity to the people in your life day after day, week after week. Yes, it's, it's in moments of prayer as you regurgitate the words that you have heard on Sunday and in your daily devotions. Yes, it's... It's also just the simple words that you get to share with others about a Savior who is born for you. He's Christ the Lord. You have this great purpose. Don't you see it? That God has caused you to be this beacon of hope, this reflector of the Son of Righteousness, this glorious moon that can show people the way even in these dark times. Not that you possess it in and of yourselves, but that the words that you share, God makes so amazingly and even eternally powerful into the hearts and lives of others. So of all the things that we ask God for, we say shine on us and even more so to shine through us so that, so that other people would receive this great gift that we have been given.
this true light that has come into the world to shine in our hearts and dispel the darkness of our fears, our sin, our guilt, and our shame. This light that even shines through us so that others would stand there with us as before a beautiful sunrise and to know what we know, that we have a God who has come into this world to save us. He is Christ the Lord. May God grant you this marvelous Christmas gift that you would not only see this true light for what it is for you, but that with God's word and the message on your mouth, you would share it with others and they would begin this chain reaction of sharing it with many more. So that when Jesus does come again, we would stand on that eternal sunrise and say, Lord, I thank you for being that true light now and forever. Amen.